Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host, the five-star man, Asa Gray, and joining me at this time is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo! Dalton, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I had my first day back at work from Christmas break, and it was a day back at work, but it's nice to get back in the swing of things. I'm here recording with you right now. I have a ceiling. Well, I've always had a ceiling, but like I have a full ceiling now. Like it goes into the, the living room. My cat's got their room back. I got started out or I ended 2023 the same way I started it with a full ceiling. I was pretty stoked. I was going to say, you finally got a roof over your head again. It's a ceiling. It was a ceiling. <laughs> it's different. There's a roof and there's some space. And then underneath the roof, there's some trusses and some insulation, I hope. And then there's a ceiling underneath that. I didn't have a ceiling. I had all of the structure. It could have rained on me. I was just chilly. That was it. Well, Dalton, I'm glad that you got a roof over your head again. Oh, my Uh, God. We got a big show to talk about because there is a lot of news that came out this week. A lot of big news from this week. Plus, we're talking AEW World's End. We're talking NXT New Year's Evil. Your first... You watched the entirety of an NXT program for the first time in, like, three years? Yeah, when did Ike Manjiro start pooping on screen? Was that 2020? I feel like that was 2020. At, le- at the latest, it was 2021. I don't remember, but it, I feel like it's been, it's been a while now. It's been at least two years. But uh, before we get into everything, we start every episode the same way with the power of positivity. Just our way of putting a little bit of positivity back out into the world because there is so much negativity and toxicity online and we do our part to try we want to do our part to try to com- combat that and we encourage you to do the same thing you know go to social media whatever uh, just someone that did something cool that you like this week and just let them know that you you like what they're doing you appreciate what they're doing because it can it, it can turn someone's day around and mine is from yesterday it's very recent uh it legitimately uh, made me cry a little bit oh okay good cuz like my brain I don't know what you thought it was going to be, but uh, the 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 brain days are are they're they're sure existed, and this one was just like it broke me a little bit. But uh, mine goes to Cody Rhodes, who tweeted out the he retweeted um, Victor Taylor Perry, who runs the wrestling club, which is at a school based out of New York. Yeah. And they have a big group of kids that love wrestling. So they, they, uh, meet and like watch wrestling and they've just kind of taken the, is that the, this isn't the same or this isn't the vein of your story, but this is the same group of wrestling fans that like Biggie and Swerve have come and seen before. Right. Yeah. Like okay. they've had people come and visit them. They've had like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, they've kind of become the internet darlings for, yeah the for for the internet for the wrestling side of the internet which is great to see um but he cody randomly retweeted uh which is something i didn't even realize that it was this far back i thought it was more recent but the original tweet was november 30th of 23 so it was like a month plus yeah ago i thought it i thought it was much more recent but uh, just saying like, hey, we are raising money to get the kids to go to WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. And Cody Rhodes retweeted with, I could buy a bunch of popcorn or I could just tell you, I've got your tickets and hotels. You're going to WrestleMania 40. Yeah. 
which is just like it, it's a super sweet gesture like it's something he definitely didn't have to do and then like watching have you did you watch the video of them reacting to that news no i'm not gonna oh definitely not like not right now now yeah because it'll take you a while to emotionally recover but basically it's they bring it up like they mentioned he's like yeah so uh and then he just he puts the tweet up like on the like they got a projector like so he puts it up on the whiteboard and it's just all a room full of kids just losing their shit screaming jumping up and down just like pure happiness i really hope and it's it's just lovely to see. I really hope he follows through because I swear to God, if he has to show up to that school with no tickets and a bunch of laptop batteries, I'm going to feel bad. That's a really good Scott's Tots reference, which is where my hey, brain... Hey, Mr. Rhodes, what you going <laughs> to do? What you going to do? Make our Make dreams dream come, come true. true. God, I love that episode of The Office. It is just so uncomfortable. But like after I realized they showed the kids in class... And I'm, my, mm-hmm. my first thought is, I'm paying for all of you to go to college. <laughs> like... Because shit, Mania tickets, like, is the same thing as a college education four years ago, or 40 years ago. Like, it's the same price. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So, yeah. That's, that's my, Don, what, what do you got for the power of positivity? Um, I know it's one of our news stories, and I have a really bad habit about this, but, like, it's fine. I don't that's care. Um, Dolph Ziggler beat a motherfucker up and then cut a promo during a press conference, and I don't know why that made me smile and almost cry. But it did. I saw it this, like, after I got off work today. And I, because I just see the skirmish. Like, I went on Twitter and I saw the skirmish. And then I just, you just see Nick Nemeth run off Finley. And then grab the belt. And then cut a, what at first did not feel like a great promo. And then it turned Mm -hmm. into, like, the best promo. And I'm just like, oh, we got him back. Like, we we got, like, we have a treasure on our hands now. Because, like, Nemeth was never an indie guy. Like, it's not like where it's just like if Sami Zayn goes back to the Indies, like is it, if El Generico resurrects after that, like we've never got to see this and now we have it. And I say indie run, he's working for New Japan. That's not an indie, but like we've not got to see a non WWE version of this man. And yeah. like, I really hope that we don't get, I love that. Like we already have Mike Bennett. I already have, we love, I love this business in an indie wrestler or a not WWE wrestler. But, like, just him getting to cut that promo and holding a new J- an IWGP belt and, like, talking about what a belt means, like, it was really cool. And I'm sorry, Asa, neither one of us had New Japan on our list of where he's going to end up. Like, that was legitimately shocking when I woke up this morning and saw it. See, I wasn't... Oh, so real quick, before we dive into that, I do want to address why we're not talking more about Wrestle Kingdom this week, and I'm going to take full responsibility for that, because I knew the date was January 4th. But you forget that it's... Yeah. You forget it's the day before. I 100% thought we were going to be able to do a preview this week, No, and be like, hey, it's happening tonight. Really quick, I can give... I and can, I was the day before, I so can give, I, like, I know what happened, but I haven't seen any of the... I'll like, give, I haven't watched it as an actual pay-per-view. Bullet points. Nick Nemeth is uh, in New Japan. He's going to fight Finley for the... Or he's, it seems like he's going for Finley's new belt, that new belt that I just wish... The, New Japan, the IWGP Global, Global Championship. I wish they'd stop making belts. Um, oh, boy. Did you see the Moxley? Yeah. Promo about it? Uh-huh. Sure did. Um, mm. 
and, it's it's bad when you have someone making that much sense. Yeah. Um, Usually in a Marvel movie, when the when the guy's making that much sense, he then has to like murder his girlfriend just because it was convenient. Yeah. To like, oh no, we have to. Rem- this guy is actually bad. But he looked goofy in the red hood outfit. It's fine. Um. Anyway, uh, Naito is our IWGP heavyweight champ. That's pretty dope. Fine. And he got the roll call. Yeah. Like, because Sonata made the save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in a move of I'm really sad but really happy, Okada beat Danielson. Danielson is not injured as of we know right now. Danielson cannot beat that man in a match without hurting himself. It's a, li- it's a real weird of conflicting emotions that I have with that. But like back uh, like five, six years ago... It was a very common thing of, okay, so Dalton's going to call off work and he's going to watch New Ju- Like, he's going to watch Wrestle Kingdom for us. Right. And then, like, AEW happened and then 2020 happened and I feel bad whenever I don't go to work now. Like, I don't feel well, bad. Yeah. It was easier when you were the manager of Hastings. Like, you could call off that. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, like, your actual career. Oh, you're saying it like I did not do it up until 2019. No, I know, but, like, it's easier to, what I'm saying is it was easier for you to do that, because I distinctly remember the conversations we had of the full-on debate you had with yourself. Yeah, of... About whether or not you could do it or should do it. Yeah. Um, so I don't do it anymore. Whereas, uh, meanwhile, I was just like, fuck Hastings. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, that was, I stayed on that. That was, I was on my bullshit all the time about Hastings. Fuck that place. Um, the, uh... But yeah, no, uh, I used to watch it all the time and I do miss those times because there was something to be said about being like, all right, I'm going to take a nap at five o'clock at night for two hours so I can stay up until seven o'clock in the morning watching New Japan Um, because I was doing that up until 2019. Uh, I really want to go back and watch. I'll probably end up like in a week or two, I'll probably end up buying a New Japan subscription, which by the way, guys, is only eight bucks. If you're torrenting Wrestle Kingdom, fuck yourself. I'll die on that hill. Uh, Brutal Bob Evans made that Facebook post. He was like, don't torrent Wrestle Kingdom was like 18. He's like, don't torrent it. It's literally eight bucks and it pays people like right. just, just buy it. it. Your credit card says statement will look a little weird. Cause it's going to be like 800 yen. It's literally it, eight bucks. Just fuck off and a, do it. It's always funny to me when people who like rely on selling tickets to wrestling shows brag about, Oh, well, I didn't pay for it. Yeah. Like, Okay. Congratulations. Um, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, if you're going to watch it, but I'm, I'll probably end up re-upping my subscription, which I haven't done in a couple years, just so I can watch Danielson Okada. Because again, Danielson walked away from this match unscathed from our knowledge. So I want to see what a match with him not getting hurt looks like with Okada. Because like, that was my biggest, like, that should have been my match of the year last year, whenever we do our best ofs. Okada Danielson, for all intents and purposes, should have been my number one. It's not, and that hurts my feelings. So I'm going to watch this match and just hope for the best. And then hope everything else is worse through the rest of 24. Which like between like, how do you get better than Okada Danielson? But yeah, no, um, Russell kingdom was cool. Uh, a lot of cool shit happened from it. Looked like I still need to watch the show, but like, yeah, but yeah, those are the biggest, but Nick, those are the, those are, seem to be the biggest takeaways. Yeah, uh, Nick. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, no, no, wait a minute. One more. In a uh, role of uh, Tanahashi just become the president, he also now has a belt at New Japan, which I just think is hilarious. Uh, but um, the Nemeth promo, 
after the show because like they showed up during the global championship finley won it and then immediately fought like started brawling with a uh, nemeth on the outside afterwards mm-hmm. so like it's exciting i'm excited that he's back I'm, I'm happy that he's still gonna do wrestling did you watch his yes where he fought a zombie yeah it was real where he weird super kicked his brother's head off yeah the zombie version of his brother's head off yeah it was that was weird that was a weird one yeah but like, all right, cool. But it's but it's Eli- him. Like Elias I, had one too. Did you see that one? Yeah, where he Elijah, man, mm-hmm. he took seconds, seconds to think of that. Did you see the video, the response video by a guy who's based out of the UK, I think, who has been using the Elijah in all caps uh-uh. name for like years at this point? No, it is. It's really good. I'm gonna try. I'll find it and I'll try to send it to you. But it it basically could have easily been like a shitty like hey you're ripping me off bro and it kind of starts as like oh this dude is like not thrilled Salty. but then he's basically just but then he like it flips and he's just like yeah welcome brother hell yeah and it was just like oh, okay this is nice to see i hope i hope some people start booking me by accident that would be mine <laughs> if some if dolph ziggler would have rebranded himself as Dalton Anthony. I would have first went changed my Gmail. It would have been bookdaltonanthony at gmail.com. And mm-hmm. I just would have been fucking hoping for it. I wanna I uh I wanna say it was on Reddit or Twitter or someone, but it was basically like there is a amazing opportunity to do an office style Elijah US and <laughs> Elijah <laughs> UK. <laughs> just have him start doing the same like, moves. Tag- tag team or like feud going if someone goes for it i was like oh that is actually really really good that that got me pretty good um but a ton of stuff that we have to talk about so we're moving on from there um before we get into the 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 reviews of the shows uh we do want to take a moment and send our condolences to the friends and fans and family of mad kurt Curtis Chapman, mm-hmm. uh, who passed away incredibly too young, younger than both of us. Yeah. And just, you know, that it, it is such a, such a shame. And it's also kind of a, like, it reminded me how like unpermanent so much stuff is because I remember seeing him on Twitter all the time because he was the, like the guy that was posting like the certified gotten to images of like when he would dm people and just fuck with them to like that those were the builds to the feuds uh but it the 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 best ones were him messaging the fake apology i'm just sending this to you now dalton uh but watch it after um the him sending the the messages to austin aries Oh yeah, <laughs> just being like April, like hey, I want to apologize for everything, blah blah blah, and he's like, yeah, don't worry, water under the bridge, April fools you, big dumb baby. <laughs> <laughs> just like shows that he got blocked, and then the EC three one of just like, oh yeah, the, he didn't fall for Ligma, but he's like, oh sorry, Joe told me whatever. <laughs> Joe, Joe, who, Joe, Joe Mama. Mama, my booking fee is Austin Aries getting vaccinated. <laughs> Just, I love, uh, I love that one because I've used Ligma before. Did I ever tell you who's used Ligma on me the first time? No. It was all right. Sorry, this tangent. I know we don't do those here. It was fucking Sarge. 
Now that sounds about right. So let me let me set it. I had this was my like this was the time I was supposed to. This is how I met Akira, the Deathmatch guy. It was that show. I was like okay. where I was booked and just indie wrestling happened. I wasn't booked, but I show up. I meet Akira there. But Sarge pulls me into the booking office because it's a Tennessee locker room. So there's a separate office off to the side where the booking happened. I can't mm-hmm. make this shit up. Sarge calls me in after I'd put my shit back in the car. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And he was like, hey, we uh, we have to do a retirement show uh, for me. I can't I can't wrestle anymore. Tonight's my last match. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like, when, when is it? And he was just like, well, it's this day. Are you going to be able to figure it? I was like, I'll cancel. Like, if I have to cancel Stride, I will. Like, But if it's if it's your last show and you want me to wrestle on it, on it it's fine. And he was, I was just like, what's, I, again, Sarge is an older dude. I'm expecting cancer. Like, I'm, I'm expecting something serious. Right. And I'm like, yeah, man, whatever you need, I'll be there. Like, I'll come in, I'll work, it'll be great. Like, just you work me against whoever you want. Because I was brand, like, this was my, my fifth match. And I was like, what do you have? And he was like, I have Ligma. And I was like, Ligma? And he just went, Ligma balls! And I was like, I fucking hate you. So much. Like, I thought I was going to punch him. Like, it was that. Right. Because he had worked, oh, it was so good. I will say, that's kind of what you get for asking someone, so, well, what do you have? That, when I, well, when you're doing a retirement show because you need a benefit, I'm allowed to ask. Um, Yeah, fucking Sarge. But you ask <laughs> in a more tactful way. It's Sarge! No! It's Sarge! It is sexy Sarge. Asa. Asa. What what is not, what is what is a trans? Too much stuff to talk about. No, no, no. I'm for asking me to teach you how to be an actual human being. You know the one, especially when we're this is coming off of the heels of what we're talking about. That's fair. That is very fair. Rest in peace, <laughs> Mad Kurt. And like, it is a fucking shame. Which him causing an argument on a podcast, I feel like would be like. <laughs> He's like, I got him. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Like, we're going to wake up to a certificate of gotten to yeah. message in our inbox. Uh, but moving on, because this is a show. World's End. Yes. AEW World's End. It happened. Uh, it really did. And man, doesn't it break your heart that that's kind of the takeaway? Um. Okay. Because there's cuz it very much is a it's it it was the opening match and then the last 3 are what really stood out and they kind of and honestly that's not even fair. I want to say like the last 4 matches. Yes, cuz Jul- And there was yeah. I won't say that there was anything outright bad ah, on the show. I'm gonna disagree. Okay, we'll get we'll we'll yeah. get there. To me, and, and you maybe you'll point something out that I'll be like. I mean, there were, I won't say like there weren't necessarily matches that I thought were bad. Uh, well, I there were matches were. that I, but there there were matches that I liked way more than others. But like nothing stood out to me as like egregious. Yeah. Of like I can't believe I had to pay fifty dollars for this. I I I had that moment. All right, well we'll get there. Yeah. Um. Starting off, well, well, but it, but when you're used to like the quality of the AEW pay per views, like this is this this was kind of this was probably the weaker off. This was the weakest offering of the year for I, sure. I don't feel like they ripped me off. Oh no no no! Yeah, like that's I'm. You're not gonna like I'm. You're not gonna hear that take from me where I'm like I can't believe they made me spend fifty dollars. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that there was stuff that was subpar. $50. Like, there was some stuff mm-hmm. that I'm just like, yeah, I, that was not worth $50. Um, 
But like, there's no um, like I don't feel like they scammed us. Last three matches. Sorry, my brain just caught up. It's it, I'm sorry, I'm thinking the last three matches. My brain. When was Ju- When was Julia Abidon? Was was that the fourth? That was before. That was the fourth. The last match. Oh, I will say the the last four matches were good then. But um. <clears throat> but starting with the pre-show, Willow Nightingale defeated Chris Statlander. Uh, it was good until the last like two minutes. Yeah. And things kind of fell apart on him, and I feel bad, but I'm I'm glad that uh, Chris Statlander has been doing a great job all year since she came, like since she came back, essentially. Um, and Willow Nightingale is someone that like it's hard to not love. Oh yeah, there that. That match was really solid until the last two minutes. And, like, the first three matches that we're talking about all get graded on a curve because we didn't pay for them. Yeah, um, this is on the this this was on the pre-show. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can still hear you, but your camera died. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. We're going to try that so, again. But, yeah, no, I just want to make sure you can still hear me. Um, yeah. My camera still might just audio. be dead. Okay, that's weird. Because it is put into my computer. Anyway, yeah, so Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander... It was good until it wasn't, um, which is a shame because it was really good when it started. Yeah. So that's kind of a, that. That was a bummer as a whole. But like, yeah, I did enjoy that match until it kind of and it fell apart. It wasn't like a, a soft fall apart. It was a whoo fall apart. Yeah. Willow just couldn't get her up for a finish. And yeah. they tried a few times and it was like, ooh, okay. Uh, next up was the 20-man battle royal for a future AEW TNT championship match. Anytime, any place. Excuse me, I just burped directly into the microphone. That happens. Uh, that saw Kill Switch winning the matchup, uh, winning the, the future championship opportunity. And at that moment, I knew exactly who was winning the TNT title. Yeah... Because it very much kind of was, the writing was on the wall there. You and I talked about, while this match was happening, just like, the the participants in this match were very underwhelming. Yeah. In the sense that it wasn't like mid-card people that didn't have a spot on the show. It was a bunch it of was, tag teams. It was all tag teams. Yeah. And that, and that was kind of weird. I, I will say I liked how they kind of showcased uh, Lance Archer. And that was cool. um, and kill and, and and kill switch both because like they both were just like oh no they are obviously the biggest threat so everyone just immediately focused yeah. on them first and then uh the the Trent Beretta eliminating Danhausen yeah like I I like what they're doing with Trent because they are kind of doing a slow burn on potentially splitting up best friends which. If that happens without them becoming AEW tag champions, like, that's really gonna bum me out. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. But Killswitch won it. He got the future AEW TNT Championship match. We'll see how that plays out here in a little bit. And then the FTW rules match for the FTW Championship. Hook defeated Wheeler Yuta by submission. And... Don't give Wheeler Yuta a microphone. And this is coming from, like... One of Wheeler Yuta's biggest fans. He he did the he did the cheap heat promo before the match started. It it was not good. And then the match itself also just was kind of a mess. Like I did this is the least this is the least I have liked a hook or Wheeler Yuta AEW performance. 
So I, I watched it back and I figured out what was weird. Mm-hmm. Wheeler Yuta tried to make too much sense of it. Like, everything Wheeler Yuta did since outside of what a weapons match was. I think he's too good at wrestling. Like, I think Wheeler Yuta just understands it way too much and was like, oh, yes, this is how this would work, and then did it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not how these matches are actually... Like, weapons matches are a lot different than a weapons spot. Because, like, a weapons spot in a normal match kills somebody, but a weapons match is just kind of a thing. Where he was, like, doing things in a weapons match that if you had done a regular match would have been a three count. And it's like, and it was, like, weird how he got in and out of spots. He kept moving that goddamn stop sign for some reason. And again, if you're listening to this, I am, like, one of Wheeler Yuta's biggest fans. He bought two of his action figure because he needed to make a custom version that wasn't covered in blood. Yes, I love that man. I think he's a great wrestler. Um, But yeah, no, I just, that match was, was not good. But again, it was free. I'm cool with the match being free. Like, that's why Taz on AEW Dark was amazing. But Taz on an AEW pay-per-view a couple years ago, I couldn't stand. Because I was paying mm-hmm. for something that had good commentary. If I'm just on YouTube, say whatever you want, Taz. That's how I kind of feel about the zero ma- the zero matches. Yeah, that's what they're called. Um, yeah. So, so we had... It was unfortunate. We had almost one good match on zero. Which is, that's yeah. what you get for not having Eddie Kingston be your main event on the Zero Hour. To then scream into the microphone to go- to buy the, the goddamn, goddamn pay-per-view. pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, the opening match was the all-star eight-man tag team matchup featuring participants in the C2. When I talked about it on the preview last week, my brain completely like didn't process that there were other C2 competitors on the show mm-hmm. in... Uh, uh swerve swerve uh swerve was one and then oh god i'm blanking on the other again oh god yeah uh yeah it's how forgettable this pay-per-view was asa andrade there it is yeah andrade was the other one so yeah they uh but so this was the all-star eight man tag and honestly like i loved this one it was solid i I did like it a lot this was a it was a great opener. It was Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Dark Garcia defeating Jay Lethal, Brody King, Jay White, and Roosh. Uh, the Brody King getting in Daddy Magic's face <laughs> at ringside, and then Jay White randomly just like hyping, doing the hype man, like oh shit behind him. That made me laugh super hard. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of letting uh, both Mark Briscoe and Daniel Garcia really kind of showcase a little bit showcase but like it made it made them both very sympathetic because yeah. like they took long stretches of heat for both for their team uh to the point where it's like people were clamoring for them you know to to make the tag and then they finally did and it was awesome yeah um, uh my favorite thing about the brody king thing is just like brody why are you saying that shit on a live mic the person that's gonna find you is able to kick you right now carp can just fucking get you like <laughs> danielson was right there <laughs> Dude, poor Danielson on this show. That dude, oh man, if he actually his hand and finds out, he is, his hand was cramped after this show. There was a <laughs> lot of wordy dirds. But this one was a lot of fun. Uh, Daniel Garcia pinned Jay Lethal the same way he got the pin on uh, Brody King to get yeah. his uh, only amount, of, his only three points for the, the classic. And then, you know, they did the dance celebration. Mark Briscoe doing the dance after. Yeah. 
just <laughs> that's great i love it so much uh and then things kind of go off the rails from there but not as drastically as i thought they did uh miro defeated andrade el idolo i liked this match a lot i it, it the the ending came whenever cj cost um andrade the match she betrayed her client to side with her husband and it seemed like a long walk to get to where we ended up it was a long walk to a short trip the only thing that i can tell you about and i can't tell you who did it to who i think cj yelled something to andrade in the middle of it to like get up or fight back or something like that and miro looked at her and just mocked her Mm -hmm. and i was like okay that was fun but like and there was some cool spots i just it was and i liked the dynamic of like her being ringside but not supporting Miro, mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. They have good, they uh, they have great chemistry together. You'd hope so. So like her talking shit to him and then him talking the shit back, like that was entertaining. Yeah, I dug that. But yeah, the whole the the story as a whole has kind of been a miss for me. But that said, like I'm just happy that we're seeing Miro on television. Yeah. Uh, and then it was confirmed that this was Andrade's last AEW appearance. He is no longer with the company. Oh, that's so, such a big missed opportunity, right? I, oh, colossally. Yeah. Like, it's we said the same thing when he left WWE. And maybe and maybe that's the common denominator. Maybe, you maybe know, yeah, oh, if he goes back may, to WWE. Maybe Andrade smells dog shit everywhere he goes. That could be a thing. I, um, all right, Asa. But yeah, how do you, how do you fumble fucking andrade andrade this is the opposite this is the wwe version of swerve of like whenever if andrade is the one that beats gunther which like i know i said that and you're probably doubting me right now but that would be fucking lit um that would be the moment that we would look at each other and be like aw couldn't make money with this guy like it's gonna be the same it's gonna be the inverse of swerve um but yeah no uh it was i mean it could be but also keep in mind like wwe already had him now granted this is that we're in the triple h era and triple h was supposedly very high on him when was andrade super over yeah when he was in nxt NXT under triple (laughs) yeah triple h was Um, probably like that was whenever he got in power i'm sure andrade was one of the people being like so hey buddy (laughs) how hard would it be to get my job back um i can fight uh, i can fight sam guevara in the background or in the backstage and try to get out of this contract um (laughs) I wonder, I am very curious, like, what his contract looks like in the sense of, did they agree to, because there was a lot of miscommunication, not miscommunication, but, like, conflicting reports of when his contract was supposed to be up. Mm -hmm. And then, like, oh, well, are they going to add the time that he was suspended onto it? Yada, yada, yada. But, so, does he have any sort of non-compete? Like, is he someone that we could potentially see at the Royal Rumble? Or is it like, no, we're not going to be able to see him until, you know... Yeah. Elimination Chamber. Which, like, either way, whenever he shows up, it'll be a big deal. Um, What was the next match? Next match was Timeless Tony Storm defending uh, the championship against Rio. This is one of the matches, again, where it was just like... I know I talked about, like, I'm not super into Rio. Uh it just whatever it is it just it doesn't click for me Mm -hmm. and this match really didn't do anything to change my mind yeah that's fair again because i was just like but she's so good this match didn't show that it was this was this was an okay match Uh and like granted tony storm i do think is great but right now her strength is her character work yeah 
So, like, her having an okay match is fine. Uh, she... But, like, Rio was someone that I was like, man, th- like, Rio absolutely could have changed my mind. And she just, she didn't hear. I'm not saying that now, okay, the door she... is shut and bolted. I will never like Rio. It's not that at all. Yeah. I uh, just, it, this didn't do anything for me. Tony Storm was almost my power of positivity this week. When oh, she, really? Because she called out Wendy Richter. <laughs> just, I don't know why that was my favorite thing, but it was. Because I watched that part. Oh, with the, the press yeah, conference. It's like there's... Tony? Anthony? Because she called him Tony and then switched to Anthony, which I thought was adorable. Um, Anthony, you might be upset when I say this, and then does her whole spiel, and it's just, Wendy Richter, I'm gonna fuck you up. I don't know why that broke me the way it did, but it definitely did. Because it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that, like... What was after this? Uh, Next up was Swerve Strickland defeating Dustin Rhodes. Just don't put Swerve in a match. If this is what you're going to give us, if this is what we're doing, just don't put Swerve in a match. So the original match was supposed to be Swerve versus Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee has been dealing with an injury for a couple months now, and it just, he showed up, I guess, and it was like, it was very swollen. So the doctors looked at him, they wouldn't clear him. And this is legit, this isn't like a storyline thing. Yeah. Um. He, he So they wouldn't clear him, so they had Dustin Rhodes fill in. Dustin Rhodes is Keith Lee's current tag team partner. And like, and it makes sense. I really didn't like this. Oh, because this was bad. The, the, they did the, like a pre-match angle where Swerve broke Ju- Dustin's ankle on a cinder block. And then, but Dustin insisted on having a match. And then they had a match with him having to sell the leg the whole time. And it just like, it didn't make it didn't make Swerve look like a more dangerous wrestler because it took him, in my opinion, way too long to beat Dustin Rhodes on one leg. It didn't make him more of a dastardly heel because the crowd still fucking, like, the crowd is, they are dangerously close to him him being too popular to be an effective heel. Yeah. Like, they've got to do something with him. I think, I think Like, show up at, at Adam Page's house and sing a fucking lullaby to his child in the crib level. Ah. Psychopathy. Here's here's the thing. Unless they want want to turn him... He's still going to be faced. They're still, he's he's still going to cheer. That's the thing you can't... Anyway, not important right now. You're absolutely right. So, one of two things could have happened. Stop it at the ankle break. That's the whole segment. Breaks his ankle, walks yeah. it back. Maybe have Swerve cut a promo, because Swerve can cut a promo. And be let that be it. Or, you don't break his ankle at all, and you have the same match. The same the same spots of the match can yeah. happen. Like, it, they did way too do, much, and it was not good. I did... It, or do the, do the ankle thing after the match. Like, or, have the match, and then have him break the ankle. Yeah, you could do that, too. You know what you could do? You could have had... You, you could have had Dustin Rhodes get a roll-up victory out of nowhere on him. And then have Swerve snap and break his ankle. Or not even Swerve snap. He doesn't snap. Just have Swerve be Swerve and break his ankle. I was weird that I said it that way. Like, they did too much when they didn't have to. And I get, because, like, Swerve is really hot right now, so you want to showcase him. Sometimes less is more. I think they did everything for no good reason. And this was this was the match that I was like, that was bad. It was yeah. It was technically good. The two competitors in the match are amazing. I am a big fan of both of them, but mm-hmm. this was just not necessary. Dustin Rhodes is going to go down as one of the most underrated 
yeah. wrestlers of all time. And I've been I, like, I'm going to say that. And that's why I was so disappointed in this match because like they kind of handicapped him with the ankle break stuff. Yeah. Like if they would have switched the, if they would have done the match first and then the angle after we would have, I think we would have gotten a better match and it would have been more entertaining, but yeah. like it, it was weird to kind of protect Rhodes here as like, oh, but look at the fight he put up, you know, and he still wanted to go and power through even with the with the ankle thing. It just, eh, it, 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 that was a miss for me. So, um, and now. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. We don't need to keep but, talking about it. Uh, We already had our all-star eight-man tag team match. So next up is our eight-man tag team matchup. Fuck y'all. Um, the team of Sting, Darby Allen, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara defeated the AEW Tag Team Champions, Ricky Starks, Big Bill, and the Don Callis family, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Powerhouse Hobbs. So, Sadie, we, in this room, we were in this room because we didn't have the living, the living room was still ceilingless. So, mm-hmm. I watched it in the figure room, and Sadie actually sat and watched the whole thing with me next to me on this couch. It was at this match that Sadie pulled TikTok up. Mm-hmm. And did that the whole match. Um, if you would like to know what her TikTok consisted of, it consisted of the greatest entrance in wrestling history. And I'm not even joking. In the middle of that match, Bad Bunny from Backlash 2023 pulled up. I was able mm-hmm. to make it work. I literally said, I get to say it on the show now because it popped up during this. That's how much Sadie isn't into this. Sadie doesn't watch wrestling anymore. She saw Jericho and said, oh, they're only kind of cheering him. That's all I needed to know. And then proceeded to TikTok for 20 minutes. Yeah, it... This was a this was a mess of a matchup. The vibes were all off, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But like Jericho was did not get the reaction that he was accustomed to, and you could read it all over his face and body language. Yeah, and it there and then that rubbed off on the rest of his team. Like except for Sting, like no one really got super behind anybody. Now, granted. Sammy Guevara has turned into the big show between yeah. his constant face and heel turns. Which, like, if you keep messing with Jericho, one way or another, you're either going to be a face or a heel now, baby. Yeah, so, uh, but Sammy Guevara pinned Ricky Starks, so, I mean, it looks like they are continuing forth with the, uh, instead of it being Jericho and, and Kenny, it's going to be Jericho and, and Guevara. Uh, to challenge for the tag titles eventually. So do not put those belts on them. I'm just now starting to get warmed up to Starks and Big Bill. It's taken a See, little I, bit. It's taken a little bit, but I'm there now. But I am mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah this this one this one was rough to watch. Yeah, there was just not a great showing really by anybody. There was just some lack of chemistry clicking between several people and and. Just kind of a bummer. Um, Konosuke Takeshita is like, and that, and it's a bummer because I like the team of Starks and Big Bill. I love Konosuke Takeshita. I love Powerhouse Hobbs. Like, I'm very excited to see what they could do. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, all right, well, what is the Don Callis family going to do? Yeah, like, what, what are they, you know, what's, what, what are they getting out of being in this group? What's their mission statement? I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Because now it's now they're they've moved past the Jericho stuff. They've moved past the Kenny stuff. Yeah. Where do you go from here? Uh, next up, Julia Hart defeated Abaddon by pinfall. This was a house rules match for the AEW TBS Championship, and the stipulation chosen was <laughs> biting is legal. Okay, so let me just say I'm not a big fan of the House of Black rules. 
This is the one time that I liked it. See, <laughs> and I'm I'm the inverse. I like that idea uh-huh. of just of okay, it's house rules. I I I I love that concept. I just I, I wish that it <laughs> that they would capitalize on it better. Yeah. Because uh, I like the whole, like, no, the the ropes will not save you. There's no rope breaks. You know, yeah. you, it's a 20 count instead of the 10 count. It's, I, uh, but yeah, just the, the, the stipulations of, like, remember when the acclaimed were just like, Julia, our rule is no stipulation. <laughs> there like, was, fucking, there was another why? one, there was another one where it was like, and Julia can't be ringside. Like, it was, yeah. there's been some weird ones. I liked this one because, again, my headcanon, you have to do some headcanon with this. Mm-hmm. Because Abaddon is the living dead girl. Or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And so I told you, here's what happened. Someone in the back went up to her and said, Alright, Abaddon, what's your stipulation? And she just went, Ugh. And they were like, bitings allowed. Like, it was like, it was R2-D2 and C-3PO. Some sounds happened and that's what we got. And I mm-hmm. love it for that. Um, I really liked this match. This was better than rehost Tony Storm. In my opinion. Yeah, I I will agree with that, but it wasn't to the level that I like was hoping it would be. Like I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Oh, really? I'm the opposite. I liked yeah. it more than I thought I was going to. I and maybe that and maybe that's yeah, the, just that right. kind of where we're at is like we had the different expectations set and yeah. that influenced like where they actually hit. Yeah, like I did not not that I didn't think it wasn't going to be a good match. I did not have the highest hopes for this match. So for it to be an actually well-wrestled and well-put-together match, and they actually, the two people involved, actually sold to what the crowd was giving them, mm-hmm. like, that was that was some good business right there. I liked that and match appar- a whole lot. Apparently, too, the, the crowd was a lot more active and was a lot more lively there in the building that it came across on TV. Because, like, watching it live, a whole lot of this show was flat. felt like the crowd didn't give a shit. Yeah. But like most reports of people there were like, oh no, the crowd loves it. I guess they were just they, not mic'd. Yeah. Well. So Um But yeah, it was a, it was a solid solidly wrestled match. Yeah. And uh, now and now we're getting into the good shit, baby. And then yeah, and then business is about to pick up with the TNT championship match, no disqualification. Adam Copeland defeated Christian Cage to become the AEW TNT champion. This was the train wreck that we thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. it was violent. I liked that they started out with Nick and Shayna Wayne out there mm-hmm. um, instead of like waiting for them to run in. So it was essentially a handicap match in a lot of sense, in, a, in, in you know, a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, Copeland snapping on uh, Nigel. Oh like, yeah, Nigel was talking shit, and he was just like, "Shut up, Nigel! I'll rip your head off." It's um, like, yes, sir. And then he turned around and just like sat in the corner and, and then, went away. And then he started where talking. He immediately shit, resumed talking, talking shit. shit. Um, Christian hitting the low blow on Edge with the chair. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like that literally made me cry laughing. Sadie was like, "Why was that so funny to you?" I was like, "There's so many effective ways to use a chair." I don't know why, he, like, I know why he picked that route, because they've been kicking each other in the dick the whole time. But, like, just right. the turn it vertical and just, like, tap him in the balls with it fucking broke me. And someone said it was a, apparently a callback from Unforgiven 01 when they had their first match with each other in E, in WWE. Um, I'm like, I, I don't care about that. It was hilarious. The fact that Christian is the best heel of all time because he can advert expectations so well. 
Oh, fuck, he has a chair. Yeah. He just hit him in the balls with a chair. There's so many things you can hit somebody in the balls with. I never thought steel chair. Um, it. Oh, the. So, I want to take a quick moment. And wrestling fans listening to this. The what chant seems to have died. Good. Yeah. If the what chant died in 2023, let's take We Want Tables out behind the shed and let's put that one down too unless you're watching the dudleys you can do it then that's fine yes you can a dudley boys match is the one exception but we anytime there's a hardcore match like people using it drove me nuts in the swerve hangman match where they're using like cinder blocks and chains and shit like we want tables like why that looks less cool than the shit they're already doing yeah so let's let's put that one so they did the they wanted tables they brought out tables then they started chanting we want fire and i'm like okay y'all are just being selfish now and that's when i remembered the thing that you put of just like hey edge is wearing like the exact same gear he wore against foley Foley, yeah i was like oh they're actually gonna do it and they did it kind of uh christian didn't go through the flaming table because he was like no i have a 12 year old with me He'll bounce off and be fine. Literally. And he literally bounced <laughs> off. Yeah. Which all, all things considered like best case scenario. Like you have to be a little, but like if you're in the product, so all right, if you're in production and you're Tony Khan, you have to be a little pissed about that. If you're Nick Wayne, you have to act upset about that. But in all reality, it, like, all right, <laughs> let's say Shannon, or Shannon is like calling CCW and I'm in a no DQ match. And he's like, all right, Dalton, we got the permit. You're going through a flaming table. I'm not going to say no. But if I just bounce, which I'm too fat, I'm going through that fucker. But if I just bounced off the table, glanced, and nothing caught fire, and I'm just a little worn and maybe have, like, a first-degree burn from having to be on that flame, like, mm-hmm. that is ideally what I want to happen. Because nobody- Rather than having to go break the table and then spin your way out of it to do the stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. Like, Nick Wayne very much got the- But I feel bad for him because he had to act like he was upset that he didn't go through a flaming table. Because you know everybody right. else back was like, God damn it. But Nick Wayne's like, man, that's wild that that table didn't break, right? Man, mm-hmm. that sucks. And then go to Chris and be like, I'm so fucking grateful I bounced off that fucker. Like, that's- right. I'm gonna let you know if Dalton was Nick Wayne at that moment, that was the exact conversation I'm having with uh, fucking Christian in the back. Thank fucking yeah. Christ that thing- I did not go through it. Um, So, so. here's where everything got sat in my house. All right, so Asa, so, you know you know how I am. I have I have all of the like not all of, but like I try to keep one of every single AEW and WWE star in action figure form. They all are mm-hmm. displayed right next to where I'm currently sitting at. I am such a fucking dork in Mark that whenever someone wins a belt, if I can put the belt on them, I do it. So right now I'm looking at Edge's Ultimate from WWE Mattel's, and I have like fucking eight TNT championships. So, I had one in my hand just playing with from the four-pack that came out a couple months ago. So, it happens, I step over Sadie to grab the Edge Ultimate to put this on his shoulder. Go ahead and speak. And then Killswitch comes out with his anytime, anywhere, AEW, TNT Championship match contract. It's not in a briefcase, so it's not money in the bank. Yeah. Goes to cash it in. Christian immediately, like, stops him, whispers something in his ear, Killswitch very reluctantly hands off the contract to Christian, Christian cashes in, wins back the TNT Championship, 
uh, after hitting a spear because yeah. Edge had been taken out by Kill Switch afterwards. Yeah. Um, and so Christian is leaving, the, even though he lost the no DQ match, he won the rematch. Mm-hmm. So and became the new TNT champion. It was at that moment that Sadie starts laughing her little ass off, hands me the Edge Ultimate that I had just placed back in display, and she was like, hey, you need to fix that. And then I had to, in the most saddest way ever, take the belt off of Edge. Mm-hmm. I hated that. I mean, it was great. I, it was great booking. Like, good job. But like, man, fuck y'all. Yeah, as soon as Killswitch won it, I yeah. was like, won the contract. I was like, oh, they're going to. Yeah, it was very, I, it was very cut and dry. What was going to happen? I was fifty fifty on whether or not they were going to wait until after the match, or if they were going to do the heist of the century mm-hmm. surprise triple threat in the middle of the match. But they went with the Edge cash in. Next up is the Continental Classic Finals. For the inaugural American Triple Crown, the ROH World Championship, the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship, and the AEW Continental Championship, Eddie Kingston defeating John Moxley. And, like, the match itself was solid. Yeah. I didn't love the match as much as I wanted to, or as much as I expected to. Mm-hmm. But just the moment of Eddie winning made up for any other complaint that I would have about the match itself. So zero complaints on my end. And I'm not saying you have complaints. I'm just saying zero complaints on my end only because we had enough glimpses during that match where you could tell both guys were enjoying their time in the ring with each other. They were just having a blast. Like that was two buddies hanging out. So spoiler alert, whenever we do our end of year, end of 2023 special, this match and Samoa Joe and Punk, are like my two favorite matches of the year. And whenever I say favorite, I'm not saying best. I'm saying personally for me, I am seeing two people that truly enjoy each other's company, just wrestling each other and doing a good fucking job at it. And there's just something to be said about there. There's something so charming about that to me. And it could be the fucking me glorifying wrestling way more than what it truly is. But, like, just those two guys getting to be in the ring with each other for a big match and for Moxley to be the guy that Kingston gets to beat to be that person. And how much I'm assuming that meant for Moxley. Because these two guys have legit have been best friends forever. Right. And just, like, Moxley getting to do that for him, for it to be as good of a match as it was, for them two just to have fun with each other. Because, again, it was, like, the opening thing. Like, Moxley's on top of Kingston in, like, a grapple thing. And Kingston's looking. I was like, Kingston won't stop fucking smiling. Right, and then he blew him. A him kiss. being on on his back, like giving him his back. Or yeah, he, like, yeah. He no, pulled. Yeah, he pulled. He pulled guard. It was so stupid, and just Kingston like blowing him a kiss, and I'm like, these two guys just fucking love each other, and it's so like there's something so charming about that. And you cannot, I cannot understate. Probably one of the most important aspects of this match to me was Danielson on commentary. Oh yeah, yeah. Of him just being like, no, Eddie Kingston is a better striker than I am. Eddie Kingston's probably a better striker than John Mo- than Moxley is. That's why we've talked and like we need to we you don't want to just trade blows with this guy. Moxley, we talked about this. What are you doing? You don't want to get in a chop off like Yeah. No, you get you want to wrestle him. You want to out-wrestle him. And just it, it it was I I I greatly enjoyed this matchup. Yeah. And and Danielson added a whole new wrinkle to it as well with his commentary, which pisses me off because like 
I think I do a pretty good job with commentary. I don't need the best fucking wrestlers alive to come out and just do even better at it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, bad, great. Like, there's another thing you're good at. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. One Moxley and one Danielson is greater than Asa and Dalton put together. And I, it, at least I have a two working eyes. <laughs> That's fair. About to say, if I say Little if, Nigel. <laughs> God, Nigel's so much fun with Danielson. It's so dumb. Uh, oh, brittle Danielson. Uh, but yeah, no, I loved that match. I'm super happy that Kingston won it. Cause again, like it was very obvious that Kingston was going to win, but like, what if he didn't? I was legit. See, and that's the, th- the, the sad part is I didn't think it was a hundred percent guaranteed. The sad part was the reason I was very confident that he would was the idea of like, Oh, they're not going to saddle Moxley with, the with these titles. Yeah. Which is a bummer. So we'll see how the American Triple Crown is handled moving forward. But congratulations to Eddie Kingston finally beating John Moxley for the first time and winning the first ever Continental Classic, which was just a absolute grand slam. Which you can watch every for AEW. You can watch all of it minus the finals on YouTube. They put the whole tournament up. Oh hell yeah! So it's like a two and a half hour thing. But if you like just watching wrestling. It's a good two and a yeah. half. Hour. Have I watched it already? Yes. Will you watch it again? Probably. In like five months, I'll probably be like, oh, fuck yeah, the C2's on there. I'm watching that because I just want to watch wrestling for two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the main event for the AEW World Championship, AEW Champion MJF put the title on the line against Samoa Joe. MJF had Adam Cole come out in his corner, and then Samoa Joe proceeded to put him to sleep clean as a whistle you love to see it confused they got me 100 percent, they got me because the when he had him in the 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 choke and they were doing the hand drop it looked like to me mjf's hand didn't fall where he dropped it like it didn't fall to the mat it fell and hit his leg Mm mm-hmm and stopped there. And there was that moment where, like, shout out to Remsburg, to, to Bryce, who, like, kind of, it looked like he froze for a moment. And was like, uh, oh, no, call it. He He's out, yeah. Stop. Yeah, so it was just like, oh, shit, did they, did they fuck something up? Did something not go according to plan here? Mm-hmm. Like, they got me, 100%. And so it was, like, the to me, it was the perfect finish. Um, the match itself was very, very good. It was the thing that we talked about where it's like, okay, the way MJF has been booked, it's going to be hard to get truly invested until the ref bump happens, <laughs> until the shenanigans happens. Now, granted, Cole was out there, so maybe, you know, well, what's going to happen? But overall, I, I enjoyed this match a whole lot. Uh, the The setup of Cole trying to find the ring, the dynamite ring. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't find which pocket it was in. And that gave enough time for Joe to sneak up to get the choke. Like, I thought that was incredibly well done. Uh, The muscle buster on the apron is one of the most disgusting things I have seen in a wrestling match. Yeah. That I don't ever need to see again. Uh, Please and thank you. But Dalton, it is the year of our Lord 2024. And the AEW world champion is Samoa Joe. And... I, I hate this for myself because I don't like saying that I'm wrong. 
But I did say I will backtrack everything I said last week about the Ring of Honor titles being on nameless people, and in, unless it ends up being the kingdom, and motherfuck in the year of our Lord 2024, <laughs> I get to say best booking ever because the <laughs> kingdom has the goddamn Ring of Honor tag titles. I know. See, like, this is Dalton's best case scenario. Samoa yeah. Joe's world champion. I don't have to deal with better than you, baby, anymore, which was fine until Cole got hurt. Uh, well, I say Kurt. He still has the boot on. I'm pretty sure he got he's hurt. 100, he's 100. I need you to understand. He's hurt. He's hurt, yes. He is. Adam Cole suffered a legitimate injury that was like terrible, terrible injury. So, like, no, I'm not letting you put that in quotes. I realized anymore. as I did it, I realized that was wrong because he is still hurt because I didn't not sell that. Um, right. The, like, this is. Everything's looking up for Millhouse. Like, everything's coming up Millhouse. That's what it is. Um, I'm so happy. Mike Bennett has a championship. R- Samoa Joe has a world title. Mm-hmm. Remember when he faced Brock Lesnar and should have won then? Night- Naito is a world champion. Holy shit, Naito's a world champion. At he, at Wrestle Kingdom. That shit's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, like, so, it was so, it's so cool having Samoa Joe be the champ. Like... Just as someone that's, like, we've both been such big Samoa Joe fans. If you go and check out Nerdiest Part of the Ring's uh, Instagram page, you will see a picture of 21-year-old, or 20-year-old Dalton with Samoa Joe. I have always loved that man. <laughs> um, It's so cool. And, like, yes, sometimes the most predictable answer is the correct one. Adam Cole. And that's my, yeah. That's my big thing, is people are like, oh, it was so predictable. It's like, but predictable doesn't mean bad if it would have been oh the devil takes off his mask and it's uh and it's mark quinn like what yeah who this it's jack perry it you know well okay i'm surprised but it's does it make it good automatically no not at all if i order a burger and you hand me a turd i'm gonna be surprised with the turd that don't mean it good like so after the matchup samoa joe leaves Adam Cole's kind of consoling MJF, the masked devil's masked henchmen run into the ring. They're ho- they both have, uh, two of them have Cole, two of them have MJF. One of them looks like he's about to swing a chair. Joe or, or MJF and Cole are screaming, no, hit me. Don't hit him. Hit me. Don't hit him. The lights go out. And I loved this oh it was so dope it was so cold oh it was awesome the lights coming back and cole just sitting there in the chair like and then just you know he pushes his hair back like it it was kind of edgelordy to me oh but but in the best way in my heart of my 14 year old edgelord that i still am at heart it hits so good I don't know if I would have had him like put the mask on as he's sitting in the chair and then, you know, taking it off because one, he's in the boot. Yeah. You, so you already know who it is. This was, it was so much, it was so well done. And then they all take their masks off and yeah, it's Wardlow, it's Roddy, it's the kingdom, uh, Matt Taven and, and Mike Bennett. So I, I greatly enjoyed this reveal Adam Cole on Wednesday said, you know, well, we're not, you know, MJ, you're never going to see MJF again, so, which his, he's been taken off of the Roth, the AEW roster. They're doing the whole big tease of, you know, oh, well, what if he's not with the company anymore? I don't believe for a second that that's the case. Yeah. 
could be wrong. I also didn't think Cody Rhodes would actually leave AEW, so. Yeah, who would have thought CM Punk was going to re-sign with WWE? Like, Oh, once he got fired, that was never going to be. Like, I genuinely <laughs> well, was like, right. I don't. Let's put it. it wasn't all right, because all right. Of, in 2022, it, Asa, was CM Punk going back to WWE? Oh, no, in 2022, he was still talking all the shit. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. But it was very much the, like, I just don't know if WWE wants him. Yeah. I figured CM Punk wanted to go back. Um, Anyway, so I, overall, like, the last three matches really kind of saved it. The opening match was a ton of fun. Just the stuff in the middle didn't hit as hard as a lot of the normal AEW pay-per-views yeah. tend to hit. So it, This very much is that whole thing that we like to say of like when you're used to hitting home runs a double just doesn't seem as climactic and this i wouldn't even call a double they got on base they got on base solid on base yeah but like ah okay but but they got some rbis in like those last three matches definitely were a lot of baseball and like i said i don't feel like i wasted fifty dollars and ultimately to me that is the most important thing yeah um Dalton, I'm not going to give you a ton of time. We're not going to run through every match of New Year's Evil just because we have so much other stuff we need to talk about still. Um, But this was your first NXT show in a couple years. What did you think? I'm good. I I feel like if I want to get back into it, I'm going to have to give it... Because I watched last week's show going into this week's show. Mm -hmm. And, like, I got myself pumped for Elia and Trick. And then that did like that, that not happening sucked. Yeah. Like that not happening. sucked. and then I, and like, I don't like Grayson Waller. Like he's a great talent, not a fan. No me gusta. Um, like I see how good he is. It's not lost on me. I just, it's not for me. Right. Um, so it was just one of those where I was like, Oh, cause I like Ilya a lot. Uh, I was like, Oh goody. I'm giving this a new shot. And instead of getting Ilya dragon off, I'm getting Grayson Waller. They're starting strong. <laughs> um, it was fine. Uh, the Ariana Grace thing with Roxana Perez was stupid. I hate that anytime they do that. Well, this person beat you clean in the ring. Well, they kept beating you like after the match. So now we're going to reverse the decision because they beat your ass so bad that now you get the win. Like that's dumb. Um, I feel like I'm going to have to actually like, if I want to get back into it in earnest, this was not the way to do it. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to actually sit and watch. Because there was a lot of things that happened that I'm just like, what? Now, the LWO, um, is it the corner catch crew? No quarter catch crew. No quarter catch crew. crew. Uh, that match was a lot of fun. I don't get how Joaquin Wilde flew like that. but That, that was amazing. I was watching it live and I was like, what the fuck are they going? Fuck, that was cool. Uh, as soon as I saw them with their hands on the ropes, on the rope that he's standing on, I was like... Oh, this could be terrible. Yeah. Because I knew what they were going to do. Yeah. But it worked out beautifully. Um, Also in that match, worth noting, it was supposed to be Walking Wild, Cruz del Toro, and Dragon Lee. Mm -hmm. Dragon Lee is having visa issues. He couldn't leave Mexico. So instead, we got Carlito uh, to replace him. Which the NXT crowd was super hot for. That was cool. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, it was a good show. Like, I saw the merit in it. I I could see how this would be an enjoyable product for me. But whenever I'm already watching so much wrestling... Like mm-hmm. a, oh, well, I can see the merit in it isn't enough for me. Like, it's not something that you would watch live, but maybe, you know, one or two matches a week yeah. where you could just fast forward through the rest of it. Yeah. Like I'll catch my boy Gulak doing shit. Um, cause I love him, but yeah, no, um, it was fine. Um, uh, 
they gave Trick a m- meaningful win, I guess, which is good mm-hmm. going because like you need you need to build him up before he actually goes for the title. So, yeah, they they did some cool stuff, and it wasn't a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. There was just some things like, um, what's her name? Valkyria. What's her first name? Lyra. Lyra Valkyria. Lyra. I like her. She's yeah. cool. Um, her finisher looked dope as fuck. I get that it's very simple. It's just kind of like a weird cross between a Falcon Arrow and a DVD, but like, holy shit, that looked awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like there's just a lot of NXT that's just kind of a miss for me, but like there was some cool things in it that I liked, but I've, it was okay. But whenever I'm like, are you going to start watching this product again? And all I can say is it was okay. That's not, Yeah. If you're an NXT, if, if, if you come up to me and you say, I'm a huge NXT fan, I would be like, I get that. Right. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong for liking it. It's just not for, I, I can't get back into it right now. Sure. Uh, and then news of the week, uh, a whole lot that we're just not going to get to spend enough time on, unfortunately. Um, starting off, Diana Perazzo is all elite. Let's go. She made her debut last night on dynamite interrupting the mariah may's uh debut match which was kind of funny uh good to see her at AEW, and the the upward trend i will give credit where it's due like we had multiple women's matches on the pay-per-view we had you know they are getting better representation on the shows uh they're it's obviously not you know where i think a lot of us would prefer it to be but they're making positive steps and having someone with the star power and that just kind of in-ring ability, too, of Perazzo adds yeah. a lot to that. And it goes very much to the thing, if you don't know who Deanna Perazzo is, if you're an AEW fan and you don't know who that is, um, just by happenstance, you're going to find out that she is a perfect fit for this roster. Yep. Like, you will, and again, we got a tease for Serena Deeb. There's a solid chance that we'll get Serena Deeb versus Deanna Perazzo. Fuck. Like, mm-hmm. that match is going to fucking be insane. Um... But yeah, super cool for her. Um, please just make a figure of her because Mattel didn't get it done. And I just really want a good action figure of Dion the Parazzo. I And also, like, she was supposed to be one of the ones in that Impact line that happened. That got right, canceled. Before it got canceled. Yeah, so, like, just let's get this woman a figure. She has a Major Bendy coming out. Cool. I, I have one now. They're a toy. They exist. Yeah, you've, you've got the Bendy. You've started your Bendy collection. I, which is going to be one, by the way. Mm, you say. Okay. I don't believe you. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't either, but like they've made Danhausen and Gargano and I still haven't got those. So like I'm holding strong. Um, mm-hmm. What's next though? A lot of these new stories we can get through. A couple of them we can. Yeah. Um, and the, the, I'm starting with the like lighter ones first. So we're front loading it. Uh, on Monday Night Raw, the former WWE champion that was advertised made his return. Jinder Mahal uh, came out. And then did immediately turned into the worst version of heel heat bullshit rah rah anti America. You're not speaking English. We don't like you. Uh, uh but I will say him starting the uh, what did he do? The Pledge of Allegiance. He did it in Punjab, and they booed. And he was mm-hmm. like, "You booed your own na- or pledge." And I was like, "All right, that was good. Like, I actually liked that. Was it basic? Yes. Was it cheap? Yes. Did I like it? Yeah, I popped for it." I was like, that's, uh, that's then, how you do that. And then The Rock made his return because, uh, oh, not Dave, J- James Gunn wasn't returning his phone calls. So uh, the, the Rock, after having completely the, the 
the hierarchy of power in the DC EU changed so drastically, he's no longer a part of it. So now he's come to grace us with another WWE return where he dropped the line of maybe I should go when I go out to eat, should I be sitting at the head of the table? Okay. Uh, and man, how how bad do you feel for CM Punk? I just want a main event WrestleMania. Rock comes back. <laughs> oh no, cuz it's it that that wasn't CM Punk was going to be night 1. Yeah. He'll get his main event Cody's, of night 1. Cody's going to wait one more year to finish that story. It's it's the photoshops of Cody sitting like Dude, the, the pipe, pipe the punk pipe bomb, yeah. but it's Cody's head over him. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> I have to finish the story. Oh, poor Cody. Just let him win so it. So now man. it's going to be... So now it's going to be Rock and Roman. Roman beats Rock at WrestleMania, and then Cody has to go a whole nother year. Just let Rock win it and let Rock drop it the Monday after to Cody. Let's, oh, I don't want that at all. Let's I just, don't want that at all. Let's just, let's just wrap this up. Uh, I, I, I don't either. I desperately need The Rock to not win a world championship in 2024 you, or any year thereafter. You thought you hated it in 2012. <laughs> Cause I remember, remember that was a big part of our friendship when we first mm-hmm. met was the rock beating punk. Ooh, man, they would be such full circle for us as friends. I need the rock to win now. Now I'm pulling for it. It's I just, it's in my head now of the, the back to the future meme. Of, hey, I know this one. What do you mean you know this one? It's brand new. <laughs> but it's CM Punk. The Rock shows back up for a challenge for a world title. Hey, I've seen this one before. Oh, you haven't? It's brand new. Uh, Your kids oh, are going to oh. love it. Um. <laughs> Major WWE news that hit. Uh, Kevin Dunn has left WWE. If you're listening to this show... I'm willing to bet you know who Kevin Dunn is. If you don't, he is the person responsible for WWE's production and has been for the last roughly 85 years. And you know when you're watching WWE and every single hit or slam is met with either a random zoom in, zoom out, or a camera cut, or a million camera cuts, or hey, are we going to show AJ Styles? Make his WWE debut at the Royal Rumble? No. We're going to show Roman Reigns looking confused. Those are Kevin Dunn decisions. Because he's never seen TNA before. Um, And now that he's seen... And and apparently it is very much a... Kevin wanted to do what Kevin wanted to do, but Vince isn't in charge anymore. And now Kevin was getting directives from people, and he didn't want to do the directives. So he bailed. And the sun shined and smiled on the children who burst into song and dancing <laughs> in the street. I can, anytime you say Kevin Dunn, I think Jim Cornette. And I can, I'm not going oh, yeah, no. to say it because it's very rude towards him. But just, <laughs> you say, if you say Kevin Dunn, I go into Jim Cornette every time and it makes me so happy. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the product looks like in the next coming you know, a few months, because, like, you're going to see, like, there will be noticeable things probably right away, but I think, like, the this is an opportunity for WWE to to update their presentation as a whole. Yeah. 
And I think, but that could take a little bit more t- time, a little bit more fine tuning. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what does WrestleMania look like this year? Because I mean, there's a, the, like, as we're watching at home. and it, There's I mean, a lot of really good wrestling editors out right now and people that can do that job. It's not just Kevin Dunn. There's multiple companies. There's people that can do that. Um, and there's pr- honestly probably people better than Kevin Dunn. They just don't have the resume that Kevin Dunn has. It's really, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who gets it if it ends up being like, because like for the most part, Kevin Dunn was pretty faceless. In WWE, mm-hmm. like even there was the longest time, like in the websites thing, like you couldn't find a picture of Kevin Dunn. Um, just to see, like if we're, it, hopefully it's a change for the better, especially because like yeah. production wise, because like yeah, there is some really fucking wild choices that he made on what to shoot and what not to shoot, and just we're missing just shit. Um, yeah, but yeah. So be interesting to see and then the last news story that i wanted to touch on we're not going super in detail to but there's a lot of misinformation and people misconstruing things online that i want to at least kind of address at least from my understanding and if i'm misunderstanding it i would hope that you know we have people listening that can you know inform me about what's going on um just as a heads up, there is going to be talk about alleged sexual misconduct. So if that's something that you don't want to deal with, this is your opportunity to log off now because it's the last thing we're going to talk about um, before we get out of here. We will be doing our best of our favorites for 2023 next week. So yep. we're going to do a regular episode on Thursday, but um, we're going to record sometime earlier in the week to get that taken care of. And then that'll get posted um, next week. So. Um, but yeah, so this is the the cutoff here. If that if it's a, a sensitive subject matter that you want to you don't want to uh, listen to. Um, but I mentioned during the world's end that Jericho, Chris Jericho, not getting the reaction that he very clearly expected to get, and a lot of that is coming off of uh, a few things, primarily Twitter uh, discourse that came up over the weekend that. <sighs> is very frustrating to me because it all kind of the it, it all started with Chris Jericho picking a fight with CM Punk's lawyer on Twitter. Yeah. And him going back and forth with the lawyer and then Nick Hausman you know makes an uh, uh alludes to Jericho require Jericho bragging that oh I've never signed an NDA, I'm not going to sign one. And then Hausman alluding to, oh, you, what about the NDAs you've had other people sign? Yes, Dalton. All right, and I'm not trying to be rude when I say this, and it's going to come off really rude, but it's fine with who I'm talking about. Who the fuck is Nick Hausman, by the way? I've been meaning to ask he's that the, all week. He's the journalist that CM Punk blew up on at Brawl Out. Oh, okay. So and like, so he's he has then become kind of Punk's mouthpiece to, uh, like, he's the... Young Bucks are to Dave Meltzer what Hausman, Nick Hausman is to CM, CM Punk. Punk. Okay, all right. Or CM Punk is to Nick Hausman. All right, that's all I needed. Thank you, because I don't know who the fuck this person is. He's he's a, he's a, he's a news reporter and has, like, a, a podcast and stuff. Okay, I but, know, because I know Meltzer, I know Alvarez, and I know um, Sap. That's it. The He isn't as big as any of the other ones, but, like, this was kind of his this launching is, point this into is, relevancy. This is his Watergate. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like this was, so, and it was, it was and, literally him and just you're being, you're a piece of shit if this is your Watergate, by the way, bub. Well, n- well, this is it. Like the, 
the no. punk scrum stuff was. Okay, fair enough. I was like, the way that this got brought up, though, because like I'm with you on well, this. Well, no, is I do think, yeah. So, it, so Hausman says the thing about, oh, what if you? But what about the P, the NDA you make people sign? And people were just like, oh, okay, what's th- that? Is kind of weird. Then on one of his shows, Hausman compares Jericho to Harvey Weinstein. He doesn't outright say that he ever did anything that like to what Harvey Weinstein did. The point he was making was more along the lines of like, hey, look at all the movies that won Oscars that Weinstein produced, but he's in jail now. And like this is that's what his legacy is. And and people aren't going to remember him fondly is what he then went on to say after he made those, you know, he made that comparison. Yeah. But it was, there was a couple days in between where he compared him to Weinstein and then all this other shit blew up. So people were like, oh, well, that's a very specific thing to compare someone to and, to, you know, not necessarily allege because he didn't say that he did ever outright said that Jericho had done anything. Yes. But then there was a different Twitter thread where someone was like, oh, this, I wonder if this is, they kind of speculate like, hey, remember when all of the Kylie Ray stuff happened with AEW and her sudden departure, you know, oh, and people were like, hey, Chris Jericho might be a shady person or the people that he has done wrong in the industry, like the shoe's going to drop at some point. And Kylie Ray responded to that with a heart emoji. Mm Mm-hmm. She didn't outright accuse him. And then people very much. um, So, okay. There's history with his accused behavior, by the way, was the post with a screenshot of the original accuser of David Starr implies there are potential accusations against Chris Jericho. And the quote is, sometimes I stop to wonder how many young women out there are wondering if it's safe to post about Chris Jericho yet. And that's a quote from 2020. Yeah. Kylie Ray responded with a heart to that mm-hmm. tweet. And then from there, everything went nuts. Of a, there, The alleged story is that Jericho had made her believe there was going to be a party at his hotel room. But when she got there, he was the only one there. And then he made like a pass at her and she flipped out and left. The... There's a lot of people online that are then like turning that into, oh, there was an actual assault. Yeah. But none of that has ever been formally like. There's nothing in stone about that. And and, and Kylie Ray has not commented on it. And that is the most important thing is you can't let people make accusations on behalf of someone else unless they explicitly have the permission to do so. Yeah. So like Hausman does not have that permission. He is not outright say he not once said Kylie Ray's name and he never once said that Chris Jericho is guilty of that level of assault. Yeah. But he did make that Weinstein comparison who is someone who committed the assault. Yeah, it's for sure. So like whenever you talk about the frustrating thing and cuz like it very much got brought up to win a Twitter argument initially. And it's just like yes. if you know things like that and you're just holding it in your back pocket so you can fucking checkmate somebody. I'm just going to say it. You're a bad person. Yes, because 100%. And because, that is my level of frustration with it. Yeah, because if you know something about this, 
Like, yes, it let's and alleged, and this is hypothetical me saying, if there is a NDA signed that Kylie Ray signed for it, and she is not legally allowed to say something, and then you throw her or you inadvertently throw her under the bus just because you want to try to win a Twitter argument with somebody fam- more famous than you, you, and, and you know that information, you, in my opinion, and this is just Dalton Anthony's opinion, are a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Because you are now recklessly putting someone else's, like, legal life in danger because, like, that heart that she posted, it, now, nobody, I don't think you can really get in trouble for that, but, like, if Jericho really, if this, all of this is true, and Jericho really wanted to be shitty, and Jericho is this bad person that he's kind of pointing himself out to be. Like, that could be a problem. And it's because Nick Howe's been wanting to win a fucking Twitter argument that we're in this thing. Now, in, inadvertently, or vice versa on it, if this ends up outing Chris Jericho as a bad person, good. But maybe next time, let's learn a lesson instead of holding on to information to be a little dickhead. Let's just fucking get it out there now. Because and- if... The holding the information is only going to hurt more people in the future. Because if if Jericho did it, and Jericho got away with it, and she signed an NDA, and there's nothing she can do legally against him, all that's doing is perpetuating bad behavior and more assaults in the future. And if you know information and you're not on an NDA, and you can maybe disclose that he's made other people sign NDAs, and you wait, and you actually report it like a fucking journalist instead of waiting to win a fucking shitty Twitter beef, maybe we should do that. Like... Yeah, it... The whole thing was handled really poorly on his end, I believe, because even just making that comparison is enough to be like Jericho could. I don't you know, I don't know. I, I could see him being like you were saying a thing of if, if it's not true and if none of it's true and there aren't, you know, other potential people like he could nail his ass. Yes. for Shit like that. Also, and like but, this is not the same, but we were talking about it in our pre-show. There is a reason that nobody ever says this is the next Crispin Wall of our generation. You can be, Danielson can be the best wrestler of all time and you can compare him to Crispin Wall, but you can't do it publicly because that has bad implications. Just like saying, well, Chris Jericho and Harvey Weinstein, da 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 da, you are, that is, it's the whole thing about like with a thing where a lawyer will say some out of pocket shit and get like the judge will, what's it called? Strike uh, it from the record. Strike it from the record, but you set it in front of the jury, so you put that... Put it, Yeah, it's the same fucking yeah. thing. Like, Hausman was being a piece you, of shit whenever he should have just done this years ago if he knew this information. You you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Thank you! That was the quick way of saying what I was trying to say. I'm sorry. I get real so heated about shit like this. Yeah, so it's... And also, like... But most importantly, like... This sucks most for Kylie Ray. Yeah. Who now has to have, like, bozos like us speculate about something that she went through that she again is not the one that's coming out and saying what happened and ultimately it is her story to tell now she could absolutely go to somebody like the person that tweeted that she responded to of you know and be like hey i this person has told me this they've told me it's okay for me to say that this happened to them yeah but again that's not what we're getting and so the, the crowd reaction to Jericho was it, it was very clear that the crowd knew what was that, you know, all of this was going on. Um, it's just, man, this, this sucks all around. I feel bad for Kylie Ray. I, you know, I, I do think that like if it, on there's one of two things that have happened here with Hausman. 
either he's aware of these allegations and he chooses to use them as ammo, like you said, in a fucking Twitter argument. That is very shitty. Or even if this what he said was just the the timing of it all just didn't work out in Jericho's favor and that wasn't the a story that wasn't a thing that actually happened and then he's just kind of throwing out oh well you know this dude reminds me of a wildly known sexual abuser for a twitter argument when you don't have any kind of basis there also a really shitty thing to say about somebody yeah so I don't, it's, it's such a weird thing to be in. And I really, ultimately, I just, I feel bad for Kylie, but, and I kind of like, I kind of wrestled with even if we needed to talk about it on the show or not, but like, I felt like we needed to. Well, on the, um, so like, let's spin it a little bit way or a little bit differently and talk about a good thing about Kylie Ray. She just had a baby not too terribly long ago. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's been about a year, maybe. So, like a couple days before this, she was like tweeting out, or it was Instagram. No, it's been, no, it's only, it hasn't been it hasn't been near a year. It's been with like within the last few months. Yeah. So, like fairly recently, like a couple days before all this shit happened, like she was posting things with Lainey Luck about getting back in the like being in the ring with her and like rolling around again, and like mm-hmm. super like and again, it's just poor timing for her, like for her to want to make a resurgence in wrestling because she's had such a series of unfortunate events which like is the worst way to say it but it's the only way i know how to really describe it of she had Mm -hmm. such a promising career and if that's what happened to her that is so fucking unfortunate because she was such a talent and like shit like that if it happened will fuck you up mentally to the point that like i would understand why she left aew retired came back had a baby now is wanting to come back like if all of this is true and this happened like this poor person is dealing with the trauma of something that she enjoys but is caused her pretty much nothing but headaches and at every aspect of her life at this point. Um, but it is cool that she is like getting back in the ring and she was rolling around with Lanny Luck. Like it was, there was some cool shit to come out of it uh, beforehand. Yeah. And then everything happened. Cause I even remember seeing it and I was like, Oh man, it would be cool for Kylie Ray to like get another run somewhere. And then like two and, days later, this happens. Yeah. And, and I do want to point out because like, if the story of Jericho getting her to his room under false pretenses and then him making a pass, and even if it is just like she showed up, she's the only one there, and he made an advance and nothing else happened, that is still very fucked up. Yeah. And the reason is, because I've that is a shitty part of the internet that I've seen people kind of try to take that stance of, you know, well, it's not like he assaulted her. Which, granted, yes, there are levels. And obviously... A full-on assault is significantly worse. But I need you to understand, like, the po- how power dynamics yeah. work. And why, like, Weinstein, that comparison is apt if it applies. And that is a big if. Because, again, we don't, we just, we don't, we don't know. And that, it, that sucks with this. But, like, arguably one of the biggest names in the company makes a pass at you. There are, he's not in a position, anytime someone has in a position of authority over someone else, any sort of romantic or sexual relationship kind of has a shadow over it. Yeah. Because there is the dynamic of, hey, I want you to do this for me. 
and it's it, you know quid pro quo hey I'll, I'll get you signed oh hey i'll get you a championship i'll get you featured on the shows i will get you main events whatever but if she says no oh well you know the the whole aspect of retaliation is there and i'm not doing a good job of explaining this but like i just i want people to be aware of why yes this so, is such a big deal but all right so if it happened if it happened and or if that if he coerced her under false pretenses to show up to that room and it was just him and he made a pass and nothing happened past that there is a reason she left the company now i'm not saying jericho forced her out right but if that happened do you think and just this is a question i'm asking the audience not necessarily you because i know what your answer would be do you think that if that happened she understood that or in her head, there was no coming back from that because she either turned him down or she doesn't feel safe in her place of work anymore. Because if one of the top people in the company are doing that, who is going to protect you? It was also a brand new company. What does their HR look like? We don't know. Like Christopher Daniels is head of talent relations. I'm not saying Christopher Daniels will hide something, but does she know that? Fuck. I don't know that. Like there are so many what ifs to that situation and it being Jericho, like if it's anybody, it's fucked up. But if it's somebody that high up in the company, like there is such a giant conflict of interest and what ifs that could occur to that, that this poor person doesn't know. Yeah. And it would make sense at that point. Like, I don't blame her for jumping ship if that happened. Cause like, I don't want to work in a place that I don't feel safe at either. Like, right. I get it. If that's what happened, like, and again, if that's what happened, if all of that's true, I don't care if I ever see Jericho again. Actually, let me, yeah, let, me, let me rephrase that. If that happened, I would be very happy to never see Jericho again. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I, I've i gone on record of, like, I haven't agreed with a lot of what Jericho has thought or done in the last several years. Um, but to me, he, like, I consider him to be the greatest of all time. But that doesn't give him a pass to behave this way. And if this is something that he did, and especially if there are other instances of it, get fucked forever. Yeah, 100%. Into the sun. So I just, man, it, it, it sucks, but mostly, but ultimately my heart goes out to Kylie Ray. Um, and I hope that, you know, I don't know what AEW does moving forward with it. Uh, Tony Khan at the press conference was asked about it. Uh, and, and he says that, you know, they have the safest locker room in professional wrestling, which is kind of funny considering it was three months ago he was talking about how his life was in danger well that was gorilla position that's different that's not the locker room so i just you know i also he said it with that fucking hat and glasses on that was yeah you gotta take you gotta know that whenever you're talking about something serious like that you gotta stop the bit you gotta yeah take the glasses like... off take the hat off and address it and granted it he'd been asked about it earlier in the show too so it wasn't like that wasn't i don't believe that was the first time in that scrum he was asked about it but man, it just, it sucks. It, it, it really, really sucks. So, but that's going to do it. I, I'm sorry to end the episode on such a downer like that. Um, but we have to cut it off here. So we will be back next week. Like I said, we're going to do our favorite things of 2023. Uh, sometime next week, we haven't nailed down exactly what date we're going to record that yet, but it'll be before our normal thursday night recording friday morning upload for the weekly episode so 
use that time to get let us know what your favorite stuff in wrestling for 2023 was we would love to hear your favorite wrestlers any matches that stood out shows promos anything like that uh hit us up um the social medias are in the description of the episode i'm at the five star man on pretty much everything um with the number five the show is at nerdiest part on threads instagram and x god i just said x Ugh. uh dalton on twitter is mr d anthony n-p-o-t-r excuse me and now i'm hiccuping but that is going to do it for us we appreciate you hanging out with us this week uh hope you had a great new year hopefully 2024 is starting off well for you and i'm very very excited to see what is coming but we'll talk to you next week we'll be back with our best our favorites and next week's episode but until then thank you take care of yourselves take care of each other and as always watch more wrestling